0: Good evening, everybody. Um, Thank you, Paul, for reading that so I didn't have to. I really appreciate that. Uh, Tonight, our lesson doesn't really lend itself to an invitation, so I will just say up front at the end of this lesson, we will have a song, and you might be in a place where uh, you have sin in your life that you need to confess, or maybe uh, you need to put Jesus Christ on and make him your Lord in baptism. Uh, Maybe you're just really struggling with something in life and need uh, the the prayers and encouragement of a church family. Uh, At the end of this lesson, we'll have an opportunity for you to come forward and and, and I just want to make you wear that now before we get to the end of this lesson. Uh, But tonight's lesson, uh, we're talking about really Bible study. If you saw the title, it was called the Bible Study Bridge. And what we're trying to do tonight is to discover how to really understand the Bible for yourself. Uh, I was talking with Titus this week. ...about Brandon's presentation last Sunday morning. You know, he did a fantastic job, I think we'd all say. and It reminded me of when I was in school, um, because we went to the same school, Marty does too. We have like a little fraternity here, I guess. We're just sticking to Bear Valley. Um, but he was talking about his classes, and one of the classes that he loved was exegesis, which many of you are like, what in the world is that? It's another word for maybe saying how to read, study, and interpret the Bible uh, for yourself. And so... As we talked, or as he talked, then me and Titus started talking this week about what he spoke on, and I started sharing some of what I learned in that class, and Titus said, you should do a lesson on that uh, Sunday, and I decided to, and Titus decided to go to Norman, Oklahoma. So, <laughs> moral of the story, don't listen to your youth ministers. That's how that works. Uh, no, but I want to talk a little bit about what we learned in that class, and, and so Uh, Just understand, though, today, uh, many people love to read the Bible. Uh, For many years, people love to read the Bible. Uh, Today, there's probably a group of women in a village in South Africa who are reading the Bible in their own language, whether it be Zulu or Afrikaans or something like that. Um, There's probably an American man today on American Airlines flying home from a business trip, and he's probably reading his Bible on the way home, maybe a letter from Paul to one of the churches Uh, There's maybe a mother in Ukraine who's reading the story of David and Goliath to her child again uh, today. And then there's a college student maybe going back into their dorm for this winter semester. And they're reading Jesus's words of do not worry about tomorrow for today's enough trouble of its own. And then there's all of us here in Choctaw, Oklahoma, who today, what have we done? Well, we're reading our our Bible because we love to read it. It's filled with gripping stories ...challenging exhortations, it's the book you go to if you want to understand the big issues of life... ...like God, eternal life, death, love, sin, and morality. It's a book that encourages and comforts, it guides, it leads, and I think all of us would agree... ...it's a book where God has spoken to you and I. It's a book where God has shared with us what He desires of us. And I think all of us who have read the Bible in the past or present have the same desire... And that's to be able to pick it up, to read it, and to understand it. I don't like to read books I don't understand. I don't know about you, but if I can't really understand a book, I typically put it down. I think everyone who reads the Bible, it can be challenging at times to understand it, but we all have the desire, don't we, to pick it up, to read it, and to understand it. Not just the easy portions, but the entirety of God's Word. Uh, We want the ability to dig deeper into the text we want to understand what it means we want to understand it correctly not just feel our way to our own meaning not just skip over all the hard parts but to understand it uh, correctly we want to be able to read it and be confident that what we're taking from it really is what god intended for us to take because when god had these words recorded it wasn't like he recorded it with a billion meanings there was one meaning intended for you and i to take And we want to be able to open our Bibles and to read and study and say, I am getting what God has intended for me to get out of this. And so we want to grasp the meaning of the text that God has intended for us to grasp. It's already there. It's not our job to create the meaning. It's just our job to pull it out from the text and discover it. And so tonight I wanted to share a little bit of what I learned in that class. Um, And it's what they, a lot of it comes from this book. I just want to clarify, this is not the Bible. Um, I don't. This doesn't mean I grew every single thing written in here, but it was a very good book called Grasping God's Word. And it just shares with you how to read, how to study the Bible. And they have this, it's called Grasping God's Word, if you're a book person. After that, I'm going to put it down. Uh, But they call being able to study the Bible, they, they compare it to a journey. A journey that takes five steps. And it's a method that you and I can use to study the Bible and be confident that what we're taking from it is what God intended and so they call this journey uh, or they they illustrate this journey in this way. They have a very old clip picture and so I decided to recreate the clip art picture in my my laptop with just shapes already generated. It's beautiful, isn't it? How artistic. How artistic am I? Um but here's the picture they describe and we'll explain this as we go. But on your left side, my right, there's a city and that is what they call the original audience or the biblical audience. The people that God was writing to in this in this book, in these situations. And then on the other side of the screen is another city. And that's you and I. That's where we dwell. We're not the original audience or the biblical audience. We're over here. Yes, God has spoken to us through his word. But understand, when God wrote had these words or these letters or these books recorded, there was a more specific audience immediately that was being addressed. They're over there. That's their town. This side, your left, my right. The other city's us. And then there is a big river that is in between separating the original audience or the biblical audience from you and I. And there's that bridge that we have to cross uh, when we want to study the Bible and understand it as God has intended for us. And if you're confused, that's fantastic. We'll jump into it from there. There are five steps, as they call it, uh, to... And this journey of studying the Bible. And the first step that we have to do is we have to grasp the text in their town. In order for us to understand what God wants us to understand from Scripture, the first thing we have to do is grasp the text in their town. If we go back to that on that left side of the screen, that is their town. That's their city. They live there, not us. Uh, that city represents the biblical audience. And biblical audience, I mean the people that were directly written to. Each book, each letter had a biblical or had a direct audience or an original audience. For example, Wednesday night, Marty is now starting a study on Luke. That had a original audience. He wrote that to Theophilus. He also talks about, too, about how it was written more to, for a Gentile people. There's an original audience there. If we were reading the letters to the Corinthians by Paul, there's an original audience or a biblical audience of the church in Corinth. Uh, if we were reading Deuteronomy, like we read out of this morning, the original audience would have been the children of Israel. The first step that we have to do in Bible study is that we have to understand the text in their town, and their time, and their day, and their age. Um, and the question that you and I ask to do that is, what did this text mean? To the biblical audience. That's the first question you and I have to ask. And how do we do that? How do we answer that question? Well, we have to become like CSI detectives, forensic uh, analysts, analysts, maybe is the right term there. Um, We have to read the text carefully and observe. And we have to try to see as much as we possibly can in the text. We have to look and then look and then look again. And we have to dig this means we examine the grammar. Hey, past or present tense? What are the, the word choice? The phrases? Uh, all the stuff that goes into grammar. Look at the repeated words. Look at the repeated phrases. You saw Brandon do a little bit of this in his presentation last week. Uh, you have to take note of the historical and literary context. What I mean is, hey, am I reading a narrative, a story? Like we just read a narrative out of Joshua? Or am I reading uh, poetic literature, like Psalms? Uh, what, what am I reading? That stuff matters. But we have we have to look at the passage before ours to see what's going on. We need to look at the passage after ours so we see where we fit and how this all fits into one context. And so we have to be observant. And when we spend time observing, what happens is we should be able, after some time, to narrow down our text or our passage into a few sentences about it, what it means to the biblical audience. Uh, Paul read Joshua chapter 1 for us. For example, if we were observing all that, you might observe that, okay, Moses has passed away. Joshua is now the new leader of Israel. Uh, He's stepping into this leadership role. Uh, You understand that they have been promised through Abraham a long time ago. They're now on their way to the promised land to fulfill that part of God's promise to Israel. You might notice in that text there's a bunch of commands. As he read, there's a lot of command language there. Arise, go. Good evening, everybody. Um, Thank you, Paul, for reading that so I didn't have to. I really appreciate that. Uh, uh, Tonight, our lesson doesn't really lend itself to an invitation, so I will just say up front, at the end of this lesson, we will have a song. and You might be in a place where uh, you have sin in your life that you need to confess, or maybe... Uh, you need to put Jesus Christ on and make Him your Lord in baptism. Uh, maybe you're just really struggling with something in life and need uh, the, the prayers and encouragement of a church family. Uh, at the end of this lesson, we'll have an opportunity for you to come forward. And, and, and I just want to make you aware that now before we get to the end of this lesson. Uh, but tonight's lesson, uh, we're talking about really Bible study. If you saw the title, it was called the Bible Study Bridge. And what we're trying to do tonight is to discover how to really understand the Bible for yourself. Uh, I was talking with Titus this week about Brandon's presentation last Sunday morning. You know, he did a fantastic job, I think we'd all say, and it reminded me of when I was in school, um, because we went to the same school, Marty does too. We have like a little fraternity here, I guess. We're just sticking to Bear Valley. Um, But he was talking about his classes, and one of the classes that he loved was exegesis, which many of you are like, what in the world is that? It's another word for maybe saying how to read, study, and interpret the Bible uh, for yourself. And so as we talked, or as he talked, then me and Titus started talking this week about what he spoke on. And I started sharing some of what I learned in that class. And Titus said, you should do a lesson on that uh, Sunday. And I decided to. And Titus decided to go to Norman, Oklahoma. So <laughs> moral of the story, don't listen to your youth ministers. That's how that works. Uh, no, but I want to talk a little bit about what we learned in that class. And, and so uh, just understand, though, today, uh, many people love to read the Bible. Uh, for many years, people love to read the Bible. Uh, today, there's probably a group of women in a village in South Africa who are reading the Bible in their own language, whether it be Zulu or Afrikaans or something like that. Um, there's probably an American man today on American Airlines flying home from a business trip, and he's, probably reading his Bible on the way home, maybe a letter from Paul to one of the churches. Uh, there's maybe a mother in Ukraine who's reading the story of David and Goliath to her child again uh, today. And then there's a college student maybe going back into their dorm for this winter semester, and they're reading Jesus' words of, Do not worry about tomorrow, for today's enough trouble of its own. And then there's all of us here in Choctaw, Oklahoma, who today, what have we done? Well, we're reading our, our Bible, because we love to read it. It's filled with gripping stories, challenging exhortations. It's the book you go to if you want to understand the big issues of life, like God, eternal life, death, love, sin, and morality. It's a book that encourages and comforts. It guides, it leads. And I think all of us would agree it's a book where God has spoken to you and I. It's a book where God has shared with us What he desires of us. And I think all of us who have read the Bible in the past or present have the same desire. And that's to be able to pick it up, to read it, and to understand it. I don't like to read books I don't understand. I don't know about you, but if I can't really understand a book, I typically put it down. I think everyone who reads the Bible, it can be challenging at times to understand it, but we all have the desire, don't we, to pick it up, to read it, and to understand it. Not just the easy portions, but the entirety of God's Word. Uh, We want the ability to dig deeper into the text. We want to understand what it means. We want to understand it correctly. Not just feel our way to our own meaning. Not just skip over all the hard parts, but to understand it uh, correctly we want to be able to read it and be confident that what we're taking from it really is what God intended for us to take because when God had these words recorded it wasn't like he recorded it with a billion meanings there was one meaning intended for you and I to take and we want to be able to open our Bibles and to read and study and say I am getting what God has intended for me to get out of this and so we want to grasp the meaning of the text That God has intended for us to grasp. It's already there. It's not our job to create the meaning. It's just our job to pull it out from the text and discover it. And so tonight I wanted to share a little bit of what I learned in that class. Um, And it's what they, a lot of it comes from this book. I just want to clarify, this is not the Bible. Um, I don't, this doesn't mean I grew every single thing written in here, but it was a very good book called Grasping God's Word. And it just shares with you how to read How to study the Bible. And they have this, it's called Grasping God's Word, if you're a book person. After that, I'm going to put it down. Uh, But they call being able to study the Bible, they, they compare it to a journey. A journey that takes five steps. And it's a method that you and I can use to study the Bible and be confident that what we're taking from it is what God intended. And so they call this journey... Uh, or they they illustrate this journey in this way. They have a very old clip art picture, and so I decided to recreate the clip art picture in my my laptop with just shapes already generated. It's beautiful, isn't it? How artistic. How artistic am I? Um but here's the picture they describe and we'll explain this as we go. But on your left side, my right, there's a city. And that is what they call the original audience or the biblical audience. The people that God was writing to in this in this book, in these situations. And then on the other side of the screen is another city. And that's you and I. That's where we dwell. We're not the original audience or the biblical audience. We're over here. Yes, God has spoken to us through his word. But understand, when God wrote, had these words or these letters or these books recorded, there was a more specific audience immediately that was being addressed. They're over there. That's their town. This side. Your left, my right. The other city's us. And then there is a big river that is in between separating the original audience or the biblical audience from you and I. And there's that bridge that we have to cross uh, when we want to study the Bible and understand it as God has intended for us. And if you're confused, that's fantastic. We'll jump into it from there. There are five steps, as they call it, uh, to in this journey of studying the Bible. And the first step that we have to do is we have to grasp the text in their town. In order for us to understand what God wants us to understand from scripture, the first thing we have to do is grasp the text in their town. If we go back to that on that left side of the screen, that is their town. That's their city. They live there, not us. That city represents the biblical audience. And biblical audience, I mean the people that were directly written to. Each book, each letter had a biblical or had a direct audience or an original audience. For example, Wednesday night, Marty is now starting a study on Luke. That had a original audience. He wrote that to Theophilus. He also talks about, too, about how it was written more to, for a Gentile people. There's an original audience there. If we were reading the letters to the Corinthians by Paul, there's an original audience or a biblical audience of the church in Corinth. Uh, if we were reading a Deuteronomy like we read out of this morning, the original audience would have been the children of Israel. The first step that we have to do in Bible study is that we have to understand the text in their town, and their time, and their day, and their age. Um, and the question that you and I asked to do that is: what did this text mean? To the biblical audience. That's the first question you and I have to ask. And how do we do that? How do we answer that question? Well, we have to become like CSI detectives, forensic uh, analysts, analysts, maybe is the right term there. Um, we have to read the text carefully and observe. And we have to try to see as much as we possibly can in the text. We have to look and then look and then look again. And we have to dig this means we examine the grammar. Hey, past or present tense? What are the, the word choice, the phrases, uh, all the stuff that goes into grammar? Look at the repeated words. Look at the repeated phrases. You saw Brandon do a little bit of this in his presentation last week. Uh, you have to take note of the historical and literary context. What I mean is, hey, am I reading a narrative, a story, like we just read a narrative out of Joshua, or am I reading uh, poetic literature, like Psalms? Uh, what, what am I reading? That stuff matters. But we have, we have to look at the passage before ours to see what's going on. We need to look at the passage after ours so we see where we fit and how this all fits into one context. And so we have to be observant. And when we spend time observing, what happens is we should be able after some time to narrow down our text or our passage into a few sentences about it, what it means to the biblical audience. Uh, Paul read Joshua chapter 1 for us. For example, if we were observing all of that, you might observe that, okay, Moses has passed away. Joshua is now the new leader of Israel. Uh, he's stepping into this leadership role. Uh, you understand that they had been promised through Abraham a long time ago. They're now on their way to the promised land to fulfill that part of God's promise to Israel. You might notice in that text there's a bunch of commands. As he read, there's a lot of command language there. Arise, go over the land into the, uh, the over the Jordan into the land I've given you. Three times he gives his command of be strong and courageous. That's a repeated phrase, and it's a command every time. Be strong and courageous. Only be strong and courageous. Be very strong and courageous. Commands like do not turn from the right or to the left. Meditate on the word of God. And so you take all of this and you start observing. And you say, what does that mean to the biblical audience? And what you might say is simply, Joshua is to draw strength and courage from the presence of God as he leads Israel into this new land in battle. And he is to obey the word of God and stick to his plan so that they will have great success. That's what it meant. That's what it meant to the biblical audience. At this step, this is important. You don't generalize it yet. You don't interpret it yet. You don't try to develop principles of truth from it yet. We're not there. All we're asking is, what does it say and what does it mean to the people God said it to? I had a teacher who used to say there were three questions you and I have to ask in Bible study. The first question is, what does it say? The second question is, what does it mean to them? And the third question is, what does it mean for us? And I'll tell you, a lot of people skip steps one and two. And that seems odd because we would say, well, of course you have to look at what it says, right? But a lot of times we skip step one and two. Maybe you've been in those Bible studies where you read a passage and the first question that's asked is, what does that mean to you? Listen, that's not a bad question, but that question comes far after a lot of other work and a lot of other questions have been asked. The first question is, what does it say? What does it actually say? There's no way you'll know what it means if you don't know what it says. But then it's, what did it mean to them? Because there's no way you and I can know what the Bible means for us if we don't know what it meant to the people he said it to. And so we have to understand that. So don't skip steps one and two. We're simply on step three. Or sorry, we're on step one. What, what did it mean to them? And so that's the first step, is that you have to grasp the text in their town. And then secondly, he says this. You have to measure the width of the river to cross. Now You remember that picture? There's the two cities, the bridge, and there's a river that we have to cross. Uh, the biblical audience in the text, that first city, that's them. There's us over here. And we have a wide river that separates you and I from them. Uh, that river changes its width depending on what section of the Bible we're in. But there's always width to it. And in order to properly understand the Bible when we read it and study it, we have to cross that river. But before we can cross it, you and I have to see what we are crossing. Sometimes the river is going to be very wide. When you go read Leviticus, there's a lot of things separating you and I from those people. When you read 1 John, it's not as wide. There's differences you have to cross, but it's not as wide. You and I have to measure the river to see what we're crossing before we try to construct a bridge to take meaning from what we've read. We have to see where we separate. Here's what I mean by that. Here's the river, just the stuff in the river that we have to cross. There's a lot that separates the original audience from us, like culture. Our culture is very different from the cultures we read of in Scripture. We talked about the birth of Jesus last month some. And remember we talked about Mary and Joseph uh, when they were betrothed? What in the world does that mean? That's a different culture we have to understand. There's a difference in language. There are three languages the Bible was written in originally. Hebrew, Aramaic, some, and Greek. Words had a meaning in that language. You know, Koine Greek, that's a dead language. Uh, What did that word mean? Because they've translated it to our language. Thank, Thank the Lord that God has helped that to happen. But we have to sometimes go look and say, what exactly was the word he was using? What was he trying to say? What's, how did that fit in this context? There's a difference in language for us from what they spoke. There's a difference in time. Here, thousands of years have changed from Joshua's time. There's a difference in situation, isn't there? Hey, Joshua, you're going to take the people, or the children of Israel, you're going to cross a river and you're going to go into battle a lot and take a land. Is that what you and I are called to do? But if you don't really understand how to study your Bible, you might read some of these Old Testament texts and think, i got to go buy me a cow. <laughs> you got to understand the situation and how that's different. The, the big one is the last one, covenant. And a lot of times when we read Scripture, there's a big difference in covenant. In Joshua's time, the difference was they're under the old covenant. That's not what we're under. When you read the Gospels, you're really still, in most of it, not under the... Under the new covenant, you're in the old covenant still, even though it's the time of Jesus. You need to understand the differences of covenant before you try to apply meaning or take away meaning from the text you're in. And so we have to measure and examine what's in this river that separates us before we try to cross the bridge. I hope this makes sense to you. If not, well, then it won't. Uh, Step number three. This is where we now try to cross the bridge. uh, We understand this is what it meant to them. And then we see all the differences between them and us. And now we start to try to take the, what it meant to them and pull out principles of truth for you and I. I'll tell you, this is perhaps the most challenging step in the process. Um, because in this step, we're looking for principles, theological principles, principles of truth that are reflected in the meaning of the text. ...that we identified in step one. Remember, we're pulling out of. We're not trying to bring something to it. Um, This principle that we're pulling out, it's part of the meaning. We don't have to create the meaning. I'll reiterate that a lot. We do not create the meaning of of what the Bible says. The Bible was created and has its own meaning. It's our job to discover it. Um, There's an, an intended meaning by the authors that we're supposed to take... And so as God gives specific expressions to specific biblical audiences, he also gives universal teachings for all his people to understand throughout these texts. And so how do we start to cross this bridge or or develop these principles? Well, we need to remember the differences between the audience and us, but we also need to see the similarities between their situation and ours. You know, for example, there's a lot of differences between Joshua's time and us, right? difference in time, a difference in language. There's a difference in situation. Uh, there is a, a difference in culture, but are there any similarities? Well, they're the people of God at this moment. And you and I are the people of God. They had this great big task to fulfill. And don't you and I have a pretty big task to fulfill as the church today? Um, they were told to let God's word guide them and stick to the plan as they were to fulfill this mission. You and I were told to let the word of God guide us as we try to fulfill our Christian mission. See, there start, we start to look at some similarities. Um, he says, I will never leave you. He promises to be with them. I think God has said some of that to you and I. And so uh, we start to see, hey, there's some similarities in our situations. We recall the meaning to the original audience, and from there we try to identify a broader principle that's reflected in the text. We try to see some main points, some big messages of the text. When we make this principle, remember, it needs to be reflected in what we've read. It should be timeless and not tied to a specific situation. What I mean by that is, if the truth we pull out only applies to us and it doesn't apply to the people it was written to, it's probably not a truth we're meant to take. It needs to apply both ways. It needs to mean to both groups of people. Uh, It should not be culturally bound. If the principle or the truth we're taking only applies to that culture, it's not universal enough. Uh, The principle should correspond to the teaching of the rest of Scripture. If what we've taken out of this passage does not harmonize with the rest of Scripture, we're not meant to take it out of that passage. Uh, the principle needs to be relevant to both cities both towns both audiences so in Joshua 1, nine that we read there's great differences but there's great similarities we're god's people on a mission they take the land we're to make disciples god promises to be with them god promises